one. Welcome to TV Time 3, episode 320. On this episode, we've got some renewal news, and then we'll be discussing the series premiere, the U.S. series premiere of The Night Manager, the first season finales of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and Supergirl, the third season finale of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and the first half of the season finale of Limitless, plus some TV recommendations at the end. You can find the full show notes with start times for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 320. I'm Amory from mytakeontv.com. I'm Jason the TVholic from tvholic.com. And this week we have joining us... Uh, Suki from the UK. Is this our final listener podcast for the month? It is. This is our final of the three listener podcasts. Thank you for wanting to talk TV. Oh yes, this is going to be fun. I hope. <laughs> yeah, you should clarify. No. I mean, we'll try. <laughs> yeah, stay tuned for the end on whether it was fun or not. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was very excited about, well, two-thirds of this because I don't watch one of the shows, but HBO has renewed Game of Thrones for a seventh season, which I thought we already knew it was renewed, so I wasn't surprised. Uh, but Silicon Valley for a fourth and Veep for a sixth. Silicon Valley and Veep are two of my favorite shows that have ever aired let alone that are currently airing and premiere uh, as of tonight when we're recording. Um, so I'm very excited for those two. And I guess the set of people who watch Game of Thrones. Yeah, the Game of Thrones one, I mean, it's like the official announcement, but it's pretty much going to go for like a while now. Like it's still going to yeah. be, uh, you know, a few more seasons or whatever as they figure out how they're going to continue on. I'll keep on going on that show until he actually finishes off the book. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and then they'll go. There's your ending for it. Yeah, they might need some placeholder seasons or something. Uh, <laughs> some filler episode. Or I still like the whole idea that there's a good possibility that the show could get in front of the books, and then mm-hmm. all those book readers that have been spoiling things will now get spoiled for things coming in the books by the TV show. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling, I don't think he even knows how the books are going to end. Well, no, I, I don't either. I think there's been, at least I've seen some, At least it sounds like there's been some talk where he's talked with the writers of the show about where things are headed, but, you know, doesn't have, you know, specific scenes or things that have happened, you know, to to necessarily to get there or whatever. Uh, I've just remembered, you remember one of the shows that we're going to be watching? Uh, limitless. There's that bit in uh, Game of Thrones uh, where he has to uh, bribe a Russian uh, yeah. uh, from a few episodes ago. He bribed yeah. uh, a Russian delegate uh, uh, with the ending of uh, yeah, get- Game of Thrones <laughs> by getting George R. R. Martin to uh, tell him how it all ended. I remember that. I just remembered that. Yeah. Uh, maybe he does now how he does end. Yeah. yeah. Then, uh, Silicon Valley and Veep, yeah, those are both really good, but I got behind on them last season. I still have like a few episodes of last season and they've mm-hmm. just, it's just been sitting there as one of those. Oh, I've got plenty of time. I can catch up with those before the new season starts. And then mm-hmm. bam, here we are. The new season starting. I haven't caught up yet. Yep. So yeah, we'll see how that, uh, I have to go <laughs> back and see actually how many episodes it's at least a half a season of each. So but they're so much fun. They're easy to get caught up on. Yeah, at least they're only half hour, so it's uh, yeah. not not as big a thing to catch up on. But yeah, all of a sudden, here we are, a, you know, basically a year later, and they're back, and I still haven't watched them. You're missing out. Um, yeah, and you then 
MTV has renewed the Shannara Chronicles for a second season. I made it about five episodes in, maybe five episodes in. I don't know if I lasted that long, um, but I stopped watching. But good for people that are still watching and good for Manu Bennett if he's even still on the show. Yeah, I'll be interested I don't to know. see what they do with the with the second season. Is there is it a multiple book series or was it just like one book? Like, kind of like The 100 was based on Cass's one book. Yeah, well, it's... Uh... There's multiple books in the Shannara Chronicles. Like, the guy's written, like, 25 or 26 books oh. or something. But the thing is, is they all take place at different times. And so this one this one picked up the story of, what, from what I understand, picked up the story of the second book. Okay. In the original trilogy of books. That the first book actually takes place, it's the, is back previously, it's the war that they're all sort of, you know, where everything was supposed to have been fixed or whatever, and now problems are reemerging. But it's like a generation later from where the story picks up in the in the second book. And I'm not sure where it takes where it goes in like the third book, like if it continues on uh the story of that. But then from what I understand, like subsequent books, there's like just new trilogies of stuff that take place at different periods of time from when uh the other ones so you know, some of the characters aren't necessarily in you know, still in the books here, you know, like, uh, you know, 20 books later or something like that. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly how that series will work. I suppose that they could take that premise from the beginning and, you know, they could go wherever they want with it, you know, keeping the same actors and whatnot. Well, good luck to people still watching. That's all I have yeah. to say, because <laughs> I don't know. So that's our news. I'm sure there was other stuff going on this week. Actually, oh, I don't know. We're like getting some- towards the... Can I just, there was one bit of news that uh, yeah. the UK people uh, all had yesterday, which was uh, the naming of the new companion of Doctor Who. Oh, I did see yeah, that. And I actually watched the two-minute clip, and I tweeted that I might even be back to Doctor Who based on their rapport in a two-minute clip. I liked her enough that I'm like, okay, maybe I'll go back to it. Give it, <laughs> give it another shot, see what they're... They had the build-up for the last couple of days of being putting little teaser trailers on, and then they said it was going to be shown during the football, and then there was all the uproar. Why are you showing this through the football? Is she going to be announced on the pitch? All right, and then all this stuff. And I was going, no, it's just going to be a little teaser trailer. And then when once the trailer had happened, there was just loads of positive comments that I saw on my timeline. Right? And I'm just thinking, Pearl Mackey, if she plays it like that, it's going to be good. And I mean, is she a, a familiar face? I don't know her, but I don't know if it, she was familiar to the UK at all. Is she someone that people have seen in other things no she's not a familiar face she's uh well that's good she's she's mainly a theater actress mm. have they done like big reveals like this before did they do this with jenna like i don't remember i know it hasn't been no. that long but this seemed they'd, like a different approach no they did it with jenna but they did it with peter capaldi mm. right so they, they had that uh they had a special show just for peter capaldi and the um Revealed him like uh, right in the last ten minutes of a half hour show, right? And the but they haven't done this sort of teaser, teaser trailer thing in the past, right? And um, but this is the first time they've done it for a companion. They have done it sort of for a, a, a doctor, mm. but not for a companion. Well, I'm on board. We'll but, see what yeah. happens. Yes, I'm definitely on board. Well, I'm a big Doctor Who fan, so I'll, I'll be, I'll be watching regardless. <laughs> But she has, she isn't going to be appearing this this year. She'll be appearing in 2017, 2017. so yeah. Christmas special this year. 
or just be missed or miss out on the Christmas special go straight into the series. I know their timeline's always so weird to me, but whatever. Whenever it comes back, I'll watch. <laughs> so I'll just look for it later. Yeah, they are having like the weird gap in uh, in getting things going for the this next season. There's a couple of reasons for that. One is um, they've got to change the showrunner, which mm, is um, Peter Moff, uh, Stephen Stephen Moffat's leaving, and then you got Chris Chibnall started. But Chris Chibnall is actually still doing Broadchurch at the moment. Right, the third, third and final series, series of that. So he's got to finish that off. So Stephen Moffat's decided to stay on for a year, and because the ratings haven't been that brilliant in the winter, right, they decided to take him back to an Easter start again. Right, so they just delayed it by six, seven months. But because of all this delay, it looks like basically nearly a year before it comes back again. Hmm. Interesting. Well, that's our news. There you have it. It's time for prime time. Got some series, not series, season finales and series premieres to talk about. Yeah, so many season finales. Like, it seems so early for things yeah, to be. Yeah, Sweet hasn't even officially started yet, and shows are already off the air. But I guess that's because they have to make room because they have too many shows that they need to put on the air. <laughs> but the first one we're going to talk about, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, season one, episode 18, Paula Needs to Get Over Josh season finale i'm glad it's a season finale and then it is definitely coming back for season two um i i've taken a turn on the show because i was not a huge fan i appreciated it but i wasn't one of those people like that kept talking about how it was the best show that was ever made like a lot of people in my timeline but i enjoy it and then once the daryl and white josh storyline really picked up i loved it and it just everything else kind of fell into place for me and i just kind of hated how this finale ended (laughs) <laughs> oh, oh dear! Yes, <laughs> I mean the same way. Same way with me. It, it's been the show has been really, really, really enjoyable all the way through. And then I know why they've had to do it because they need the tension for the following year. Sure, but I just did not want it to happen. Exactly. You know why did she? De- yeah, why did she decide? You know, you can as says you can understand why they've done it. But mm. it just annoyed me so badly. The the other the other storylines that was happening within within there, you know, they kept me amused, kept me going. The songs were brilliant. The romance has been great. I mean, but then when they did that, it just ah, uh, it just made my skin crawl a bit. I think she shouldn't have done it, but I understand right. why the writers did it. And I really don't love that, like, immediately, because she's, you know, 100%, she keeps saying how she's over Josh, and then they, you know, whatever happened in the car, and then she's all like, I knew our, our love story would start like this, like, all of a sudden, she's just taken 100 steps back. Yeah, <laughs> all of a sudden, she's, yeah, jumped all the way back and even drops the, uh, yeah, this was the whole reason I came here, was <laughs> yeah. I, I saw you that one like day, and then I moved here for you, even though I haven't been, you know, I've been telling everybody that that's not what happened. I like the... I, so, I did sort of like the look on his face, like, wait, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. <laughs> you, can, you can see he's suddenly drawing away from her, thinking, oh, dear. Oh, dear. Like, oh, maybe she is crazy. Um, I don't know. I've been sort of lukewarm on the show. There's some, you know, there's some funny bits. Uh, some of the songs are pretty, are pretty good, uh, but they can kind of be hit or miss. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think that they definitely could have messed up 
you know, her and Greg, because he was already messing things up by, right. you know, how he, how he was uh, doing things. And so things were sort of, you know, messed up there. And then he breaks things off, you know, from, from, uh, what, from, what's her, what's her name? What's, uh, what's Josh's uh, girlfriend's name? I'm blanking on her name. Uh, Valencia. Yeah. Valencia. Oh, Valencia. He breaks yeah. things off with Valencia yeah. and then instantly is like, not only do I not want to be with you because you're so manipulative and you wouldn't let me do things on my own time, but, uh, Turns out I really do like Rebecca, so I'm just going to head over there right now. Right. Well, that, <laughs> you know, that's like, how all TV happens. You know, instantaneously. And so then they get together on the uh, magic carpet, and you're just like, okay, that's, I don't know, that all feels uh, too soon. That it definitely is going to blow up other relationship type things, but then she drops the bombshell. And so you have the perspective when you come back. That everybody's going to be in a weird spot. Well, don't you don't you actually feel that Josh is a bit of a a, a, a bad word? I should say. Well, I was going to yeah. say a bad word, but I won't. He's <laughs> a bit. But like, uh, you, well, you, if you can, say a I mean, British bad he's, word. He's, nobody'll know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'll, I'll let me think of a British bad word that I can get past you. But we'll carry on at the moment. He's, he's been. He's been going out with Valencia for 15 years, and all she wants is to get married. And he, you know, and then when he, when she realizes he, he, he's got feelings for uh, Rebecca, and he dumps, you know, the relationship sort of fizzles out, right? You, you sort of feel sorry for Valencia, mm-hmm. right? And the poor girl's been waiting for 15 years, even though she <laughs> isn't a really nice character, right? But she has been waiting for 15 years for him to pop the question to her. Yeah. Right. And, and then he, the first thing he does is go sleep with his ex girlfriend. Right. Yeah. I think the thing about this show is the one thing I don't get is why everybody likes Josh so much. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't get why Valencia would have stuck around for 15 years. I don't get why she would move across country for him. I mean, I get it based on her sort of uh, not being all there all the time kind of thing and needing to get out of her life. Uh, sort of thing and using that as the it it worked for me when it was like that was more sort of the excuse for her to mm-hmm. her, her impetus to like change things up cuz she wasn't happy in what she had and ha- where she had gone and that's the last time she could remember being happy but then once she gets here and you actually get to see Josh you're just like yeah he'd be a cool guy to sort of hang out at the beach with but I don't, I don't get why everybody's yeah, so obsessed yeah, with why, him. Why yeah, why is everybody <laughs> liking him? And then, then you got Paula, right? And she's been manipulating everything in the background just to get them together. Oh, my God, with the which car go, tracker, which was yeah. so ridiculous. <laughs> and she goes, you know, she's been doing things apparently all year, right, just to get Pete and Josh, uh, Pete and Josh Rebecca and Josh together. Right, so who's a stalker there? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, her song was great, though. God, she can sing, that woman. Yes. Very. But she's not. She can... yeah, they're they're just crazy. They're, they're all crazy. You know, they're not just uh, she. They're all crazy. Right? I mean, why doesn't Greg he decides to go home and just puke in a basket, right, instead right. of professing his love for her, right? Because it, all he did was just stare at Josh from across a, a dance floor and go, yeah, I think he wants to be with her, right? right. And then decides that, he, to, you know... He could have had a good thing with Rebecca, 
would decide, oh no, I think I'll just go home. I'll make myself ill. But, but then yeah, realizes he loves her. Well, yeah, realizes he loves her. But what can you say? It's already happened. Next year yeah. we'll see what happens, and he'll go. Ah. Well, see, the thing is, is, is he was really sort of sabotaging it ahead of time, but ultimately, mm-hmm. ultimately, he's going to see it as, see, I did the right thing, <laughs> you know, or whatever. I knew this was going to happen, type of thing. Uh, right. Is, is that I was? She was going to break my heart and go back to Josh if she ever got a chance to, or something like that. So, I don't know. It's just. Uh, there were times through the season where I was just like, uh, this might be one of those shows that uh, I drop. And then I would end up watching it, you know, another two or three episodes. And there was always something that was sort of fun about it or whatever. But then it wasn't always enough that took me away from the things that annoyed me about the show. <laughs> the, the thing with this show is because of the songs, right, that go around making, I assume, uh, YouTube clips available because of the songs, that, so they went in, on the internet, right? And those songs and the videos right. that were with them songs, they what really piqued people's interest. You know, yes. they come back with the the one they had with the breast song a few a couple of weeks ago. I've got um, the one Rebecca's yeah. going around with because <laughs> she's got large breasts, right? That was an interesting song. There was another one where they, she was trying to get ready with her, her mates all in the in the house, like. And then it shows that she'd been like getting ready for about half a day. He just happens to turn up on the door. To her. <laughs> right. They were all interesting songs. They're all very, very funny songs. But that's what probably kept the interest going on this show. The storylines, they were just uh, sort of repetitive. She'll, I'm in love with him. I've got to get, try and get, get with him. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. Right. They sort of became repetitive over there, but the songs are the ones that kept my interest going anyway. Mm-hmm. And I hope that, I mean, it would be smart, I think, for Rachel Bloom to kind of, not, I don't know, do, like, not necessarily do Rebecca bits over the summer, but release some of her other stuff or do some new things over the summer to keep people interested in that and get people more interested in going back. Um, because they really, really do need to get more people watching. I don't even know if they hit a million every week. Like a million people, they need yeah, to get more what, people watching. What channels you don't see W any? Yeah, uh, is that does that get big ratings on the? The live ratings are pretty minuscule, uh, even for the CW. Yeah, because the CWs but, are yeah. probably our lowest rated. Like there's the big five. Yeah, but the then CW like is the uh, lowest Jane the Virgin hasn't done that well this year either. No, but they you know they both got new seasons. Didn't Dane the Virgin winning a major award last year and then got a second season? And that's the same thing that's happened with the yeah. I think that's with that's the crazy ex girlfriend. It won a yeah. It won a major award. Golden Globe, yeah. Yeah, it got it got an so award. So, but I think it really is. It's never quite. You know, you get to see the here's the the numbers for you know the that watched it live. Here's the live plus three. Here's the live plus seven. But you never see. The additional, like, here's the people that watched it on demand. Here's the people that watched it on the CW app. Here's the people that watched it online. And I'm assuming that those type of numbers are significantly additive to what you see Mm -hmm. on the the actual live. That that's why that some of these shows uh, that you would think would get canceled uh, got picked up because they are they are doing well in or comparatively so. You know they. That if you start adding in all the 
you know, even like the DVR viewers and everything else that maybe the ratings double mm-hmm. or something like that, while it might not be quite as lucrative for online plays as a broadcast for commercials and stuff like that, that it's still showing that there are people interested in it. Again, I'm going back to the songs here. Right, so other thing, my opinion is that because of the songs are that very popular and they can get widely distributed on places like uh, Twitter, Tumblr, and all these, and they're only like two, three minute chunks. People are watching that, creating a buzz, right? And they, this buzz is then going back to the networks. Oh, people are watching this, watching uh, Crazy Ex Girlfriend. There's a lot of uh, hashtag ratings uh, mm-hmm. stuff on there, like, and so they're going, oh, it must be popular. Right, it might not be getting the ratings for the full episode, but the the bits that are being uh, widely distributed on these um, social sites, they're the they're the ones that are maybe create, making sure that it stays in the uh, for a second season. Like, yeah, I agree. I would agree with that. Yeah, I think there's just enough around the show like that that they're continuing on, and some of it also is that. Some CBS produced shows need to <laughs> need to be on the network. Yeah. <laughs> so the, not everything can just be Warner Brothers shows. So that plays into it some as well. So we'll see. I mean, I'm interested. I'm I I would never have said at the beginning of the season that I would come back for a season two, but I'm totally on board. I'm my, my, I'm cautious though. I don't want to be too optimistic, but I'm going to watch season two when it comes back. No, I'll definitely be watching season two. I think I'm just a button for punishment. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. <laughs> Supergirl is our next show, which, interesting, hasn't, I'm surprised hasn't been renewed yet. Supergirl, season one, episode 20, Better Angels, the season finale. I'm like 12 episodes behind, so I will never remember what you talk about today, so feel free to have at it and spoil me. On the renewal front, I think given how they dropped in a cliffhanger at the end of this episode in an episode that easily, you easily could have just chopped that last few seconds off and it would have been a nice season if you weren't going to renew it. I think mm. that putting that on there sort of points to that. I can't imagine that while it may not have done as well as they hoped, it still did pretty well for a CBS show and for a new show that both this and Limitless, uh, I can't believe that they haven't really I know. already said. I'm not sure. Maybe they were just, maybe they're saving those for, you know, their upfront announcements to actually have something to announce, actually have some news instead of announcing everything. So, yeah, that's when, when he's up front? Uh, in about two weeks, the week of the 16th of oh, May. So, so there ain't that much different. I mean, if they only three weeks till the end of the mm-hmm. season. Yeah. I'm going to be that much difference before they actually announce if they get the seconds in. I mean, I can't see them not. I mean, I don't know how it works over there, but I can't see them not renewing this or Limitless because they've been quite well received, both of them. Yeah. Yeah, I think they've uh, they've done pretty well, and so yeah, I I think it'll definitely be back. And I really liked I really liked this final episode of the season. Like I said, even if you chop off the the very end scene it would have made for a nice arc of a season and it would have worked as a good season of tv i mean i i liked how they finally came around to solving the you know the major big bad problem even if 
it sort of creates uh, other other problems where we see some of the like Maxwell Lord is while one guy's talking about you know we need to get rid of the secrets you have Maxwell Lord and the general guy exchanging some technology from uh, to, for him to work with and stuff like that so it but the DEO doesn't know about it and uh, so there's still some stuff like that to be uh, to be a problem there's the whole who is in the who's in the pod that just landed that was a I was going to ask you who who do you think's in the pod. I, I've got my theory. I don't know. It's one of my theories. Yeah, it's such. Yeah, what's your theory? I think it's her dad because they ain't mm. mentioned. His, uh, I, they haven't mentioned her dad at all. He's been in a couple of scenes, but never mentioned him since. So I have a feeling that the way she looked, I have a feeling it's her dad in there. That something that they had launched him off into the thing and it, it's come back. Yeah, you can. I've got it to my head that it, he pushed her mother out of the way because you're staying here, woman, and then jumped into the pod himself <laughs> and uh, he blasted himself off. But that that's just my little fan theory that he's that'll quote me on that. <laughs> it's it's the type of ending that you don't even like them as the creators and the writers and stuff. They don't even need to know. Like what it is, it's, it's such a, she just goes sort of like a what? Or like, oh my God, like that it could literally be anything. It could be somebody else, you know, obviously from her planet. It could be her younger self for all we know. Like she just landed again, some sort of, some sort of temporal problem here that we, we have, or, you know, it could be, uh. You know, it could be all kinds of uh, things that they could just uh, decide to to do. So yeah, that's that's kind of a fun thing for you to just like pause it on over the summer. Like, who who is in the pod? What's, what what could that be? What sort of problem could that uh, be? You know, for going forward. You know, what is the what could the new? You know, where are they going to go with the? You know, an overarching story for next season or whatever. But for the most part, I just really liked this final episode. I thought it brought a lot of things together. It got John Jones back at the DEO. Yeah, that was convenient, wasn't it? And, and stuff. Well, there were so many things that so many times that some of the some of the characters really bother me in that it doesn't it doesn't seem to matter like how many times they help <laughs> that they still don't believe that they're really there to help, you know, or something. You you got you, you got the likes of Maxwell Lord, right? He's been classed as a villain all all year, and you got like Cap going after him. And then they have that little scene where they're all got their brains sort of imploding, and they start holding hands. And I'm thinking, is he a bad guy? Is he going to be a love interest? What is he? Yeah, and then they then then they show you him with the secret meeting at the end. So he's not like reformed or hasn't really come around. He still wants to. And I think that, I think that his thing of humans protecting them, being able to protect themselves, is, you know, a laudable goal. Like, and something that they should be working for towards. You know, not always necessarily having to rely on like Supergirl or Superman or or some that are actually you know aliens that are helping out. But it's all the things that he does. Like he's killed lots of people <laughs> with his trials of things and all his yeah. secret things and and put many people in danger in trying to create these things but yet 
ultimately comes around as being part of the solution here at the end, but yet was still the one that wanted to basically make the city unlivable for... Yeah, destroy... His ultimate plan to destroy 300,000 people just to save the whole planet. And I was thinking, no, I, can't, I, can't, I couldn't see Supergirl agreeing with that, but she, there she was. And yeah, okay, we'll have to do that. And then she comes back after Kat had a... The cat that had the talk with her. Yeah. The only thing, one of the things in this episode that sort of bothered me was, I mean, there's always been the, you know, cat sort of figured it out, but then they use John Jones to come in as Supergirl to show her two different people at the same time. And so she went away from thinking that she was Supergirl. But then there's been so many things that have happened, like including in this episode, when Cat is in the studio with Supergirl and her sister, and her mother, and John Jones, and Maxwell Lord, and at no point nobody says anything that would actually make you think, oh, hey, wait, like, like, Kat's not like, yeah, who's this lady? Hasn't she met her sister at some point, or knows that she has a sister? That was just one of those things that, in the middle of the episode, I was like, wait a second, because at the end, she's still, like, talking about, like, she doesn't know that... And you're not sure, I mean, there's the possibility that she's just faking or not, you know, just saying she doesn't know or whatever and really has figured it out. It just so bothered me so much that it was like everything that happened in this scene was just like, how could she not go, oh, wait, you really are my assistant. Yeah, she she, uh, she, I've, I've, she does now. I'm pretty sure she knows. And she just won't say nothing because she wants to keep the upper hand, right? She wants to keep Kara, you know, as a as a servant. As a as assistant, right? I want to order you around. If she knew that she was Supergirl, yeah. right, with all her powers. But I did right? like the she end where she... she gives her her own office and talks about you know her needing to get a new assistant and not you know not bogging her down with. Well, she stuck her in a box. Yeah, <laughs> stuck her in a box with no window. Yeah, she said <laughs> she, in your future there might yourself. be a window. Yeah, maybe yeah, someday you'll get yeah. a window. But she also called her Kara. You know, when she oh left. yeah, that was a lovely moment. That yeah. was a lovely moment. All all year she'd been calling her that Kira or someone else, like, and to actually finally call her Kara. You know, she's sort of accepting her. Yeah, I just think there. I just thought there was a lot of moments that worked, and it made you know there was some good action and and stuff like that. So, but didn't you think uh, with this sort of finale that was coming up, didn't you think James Olsen and Wins win? Right, they were sort of sidelined. I mean, usually with these sort of uh, series, they usually build up to the end. Right? And the, all the characters are involved, but James and Wynn were like sort of sidelined, even though they'd been part of Supergirl's team all year. I mean, they were still used as like the voice of of non, you know, talking through the Myriad program or whatever. Uh, so they still, yeah. they, you know, they were still on screen. Uh, you know, they got dropped off a building and saved. You know, so... I, I think it yeah. I think it worked because you couldn't have I guess you couldn't have like everybody but to me I was just like couldn't have Maxwell Lord made more than two things to block them? <laughs> like more than and, one and for him and one to, for Cat so one of the uh, <laughs> you know, like uh, couldn't he have made more than one you know or something like that to uh, to help out block the block the signal couldn't he have had something else on him that he could have. You know, that it could have helped with, like, uh, you know, like with her sister when she, you know, when they're fighting or, 
I don't know. There was just some different things there, too. They were just like, oh, so he made something for himself. And then also just because almost more because like the plot dictated it. He made one for Kat, too, like so that she could still be around as as well. So there were there were there were a couple little things in there that were sort of like, wait, what? But for the most part, I really enjoyed the the episode and the show. I thought they did. I thought they did really good overall. I, I think they could have done maybe a little better on the myriad stuff. You know, uh, Laura Vandervoort, uh, Indigo, the character, she's supposed to be, is she a digital character? Or is she like an actual being? Because I'm sure she she was going through things. She was going through the wires. Yeah, she seems to be going of, through fire. And then all of a sudden, John Jones just splits her in half and she dies. Well, I guess when she's whole, she's whole. Like, I guess if you get her before she able is able to transform or something, that that works, I guess. Except but, that... but if you if you notice the bits where she stretches her hand yeah. to kill, you know, to make it into a knife, surely she could have just stretched her torso. Well, maybe I'm not sure, like no, necessarily, like how far she can she could stretch her actual body. Maybe she can only stretch her arms or something. Uh, maybe she uh, needs can, to have... We can only imagine how far she can stretch her body. Well, I don't know how many... Like, does she need to have something, like, to be able to go, you know, to be able to get into things or to... Like, they were out in the middle of the desert, so it's not like she could jump into the electrical system or however it was that she could sort of transfer herself yeah, uh, through that type of stuff or something. So, I don't know. I, I sort of thought the same thing, though, like... Apparently, there's if you if you rip her apart before she like fast enough, you can you can get her and uh, uh, and she dies. So that's the whole thing, though, with these superhero shows. There's always things from here or there that sort of get hand waved away or something or whatever. And if you dwell on them, it can sort of take away from (laughs) from the show sometimes. But sometimes there's enough other stuff that I really like the character dynamics between a lot of the characters and that's really it's like yeah the flying around and the saving things and uh, you know those the different bad guys and stuff like that that stuff's all that stuff's all fun but i don't think the show works if you don't like the characters and a lot of their interactions and how they you you're invested in uh, car and alex cuz the way they pair act together you can you can imagine them to be sisters you know they seem really really close and then you got Alex and uh, Hank, right? Their partnership. She she's like basically uh, whatever he does. She thinks he thinks or she thinks he's he's um, he's going to be correct because she's just followed all his um, uh, all his orders in the past and she's believed in him, right? So you can you, these sort of interactions, right? They are really the heart of the show, right? If if it'd just be action all week. Right, you, you you might be able to get a bit bored of him, but because you've got all these people together uh, or not together, uh, you can see the interactions and you think, oh yes, I, I believe in these characters. I like these characters, um, and I like the way that they act with each other. Yeah, I think yeah, that's I think that's really the heart of the show. Is that as a lot of those different relationships all work really well, uh, the sort of surrogate father. You know, with Hank and and especially Alex, but also some with Kara, and then 
the relationship over the course of the series with Kara and Kat, uh, that's been that's yeah. been really good. Where you know even she talks about how that you know she's while she's you know hard on people and stuff like that, she's still opened up to you know Kara at times and and sort of treated her some as a daughter or you know taking her under her wing as you know sort of a mentor uh, for different things and so uh, that was always that that's been good and i think that's really the like i said that's that's the thing that holds the show together uh from from week to week i really think uh and then and then you just can't really have you know better than that they had three supergirls in the episode you know so that's that's the type of st- fun stuff that they can have as well, you know. Yes, it's free. Well, yeah. Have you ever watched the first film, the first Supergirl film? Oh, it's been a really. Oh, it's terrible. A really. Sorry. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not good. But I just realised the, the 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 actual device that they had, the uh, the round ball thing. What, what's it called? The decahedron. The that was a. Uh, They've taken that from the actual film. Hmm. Yeah, that was in the film. Uh, the, what about the bit where it, she, uh, Supergirl has to go into space, taking the arc up with her? And this is your car last up. With, I thought Supergirl, Superman have always been in space. They could fly around and no hassle, no nothing, no problem. I thought that was an interesting difference from things that I've seen previously. And apparently, yeah, I always thought that they they were okay even if they got out of the atmosphere, but apparently, I guess in some respects, they don't necessarily die, but they can't fly. Like, they can't actually uh, propel themselves out in, you know, in space or whatever. So uh, that was sort of an interesting thing because it seems like I've seen that before, like in, <laughs> in, in other no, I've never stuff. seen it. I've seen him fly. I've seen him fly around. His face. I mean, there's always that famous shot of uh, Christopher Reeve looking at the camera as he flies over the Earth, mm-hmm. right? and uh, you're thinking he's he's in space. So Supergirl. I mean, I oh, know thirty years difference probably between the two show, two things, but they may have changed it since then. But I, I always thought he could. And then you got Alex. And when did she learn how to fly the plane? Uh, that uh, spaceship. Yeah, that's well. That's sort of one of those hand wavy things that. Uh... <laughs> I thought it was. I thought it was going to be more of like she was able to. She was going to be able to figure out how to launch that, you know, up into space for her to be able to, you know, like to be able to get her. Not that somebody was actually going to have to pilot it, and that she, uh, she was the one piloting it. Uh, I, I suppose you know maybe they've been studying it so long or whatever they were able to, to figure it out. But that was, but that was one of those things that you're just like, wait, she can't fly in space. I guess that sort of makes sense, but then also, you're like, "Wait, she can fly a spaceship, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, it, and it works." And they did, Within but the they sort breath. of they show the thing, then they show it there, and I couldn't really tell if there was anybody in it or not. And then the next thing, you know, she's waking up, and they sort of like really blew by it really fast too, as to how they got that to uh, work so so quickly. But again. Those are the type of things that, uh, at times, I mean, there were those, there were two or three things along this, this episode and, you know, things throughout the season that would, for a second, would you be like, wait a second, that seems weird, but then it would go on to something else and it would bring you back. And 
you know, it, it'd pull you back in. It wasn't some, and like I said, in, in a superhero show, sometimes you just let things go. Cause it's a superhero show. They can, if you, if they wanted to, they could just make up whatever and it would be a reason, you know, they just don't, sometimes they just don't tell you. Uh, I just figured there is, this, is some superhero reason why that works that way. <laughs> this is the superhero show that brings back Superman to the TV, and he spends most of his time lying on his back, and all you see is his boots. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you had his yeah, you had his boots in this episode. Uh, you also boots had lying him, back. in the previous episode. You had him getting caught by Myriad because he had, uh, you know, spent so much, he had spent so much more time. Too much time on Earth. On Earth or whatever, since, you know, since a baby. So that's why it didn't work on Kara because she came much later and hasn't spent hasn't been on Earth as long or whatever. Because some of the stuff they were they were saying, I was like, but wasn't Kara raised mostly? Like, <laughs> it spent more time being raised on Earth than on Kara's what twenty five, twenty six. So she must have spent at least half a life yes. on Earth. Yes, I guess it's it halfsies or something. But yeah instead of growing up as a baby and that's why he gets caught. But I think it is kind of funny that they, that they decided to go, that there was also a Superman in, in, in this world. That just that uh, they've given him reasons like that we've heard through James as to why he refused to work with the DEO or why he won't, you know, wouldn't work with this other group or, you know, different things. That way he's out of the picture. You know, to, to, as, as to why, because, because, because at times you do go, okay, a giant thing full of bad guys from your planet is dropped on Earth, but Superman's not involved in helping out? He'd been all over that. You can tell he'd been all over that book. So, yeah, but I think they had to do something. But I think they had to do something. You know, they couldn't just go completely. I think it probably would have been just as weird for it to be a superhero story. That Supergirl was the only person that came. There was never mm-hmm. a Clark, you know, in that story. I don't know. I suppose at some point in time, if they really wanted to, they could always cast somebody, you know, for like a series finale or something. Yeah, I think somebody. they needed to establish it as a Supergirl show. Like, she's he's out there, but they needed her to stand on her own. And I think they did that. And so they could bring him in anytime now. Who would be your ideal casting then for the finale for Superman? Uh, I don't know. What about Tom? What, Tom Robbie and Mel. Robbie and Mel. Oh, good <laughs> Sorry. Oh, no, he's, oh, no, I just realized he's one of your favorites, isn't he, Bab? <laughs> <laughs> I do like him. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just hope that they can, uh, like, next, if, if they do get a next season, which I believe they are going to get a next season, I, I want to see uh, Tom Welling show up as... Uh, he is never going to do that again. He's out. Tom Welling would never come back. As a, some character on the show, you know, just some, you know, some other Maybe. thing. No. They're playing a villain or... He can turn up, actually, as Clark. He doesn't have to be Superman. Just turn up as Clark. Yeah. It, just, it doesn't that have to be in the red uh, suit and cape, does he? Well, not even not even that. Just to, just have him appear, you know, like they've had Dean Cain, uh, you know, or Helen Slater or... Laura Vandervoort, Laura, or, yeah. or other people that have that were on Smallville to show up, you know, uh, you know, Kristen Crook's free. Beauty and the Beast is over. Yes, <laughs> Kristen Crook is the worst actor on TV. Um, I need to move on because I can't talk about Supergirl anymore. 
I'm so far behind. I have no idea what you're talking about. So I'm moving on to Chicken Brooklyn Nine-Nine, season three, episode 23, Greg and Larry. This was the season finale, and I was surprised the season finale came so soon for this. I was just not prepared. Is it just me, or has the way they've been airing their comedies this year, this was on Sunday, and then it moved to part of the Tuesday thing, but then sometimes you get a repeat of something else and new mm-hmm. new episodes of, you know, like we got like new New Girl and new Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and then, and you know, at one week, and then another week you get like two New Girl episodes, and then you get a, a new Grinder and a new Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And you're just like, what happened to grandfathered or like, what, why is there? Yeah. It's been a weird, the last few weeks when there has been new stuff, it's not always all new or it's been very strange. And so it was very weird to all of a sudden, like just one of the four shows on the night, all of a sudden hit its season finale. Right. But I thought it was a great episode and the funky cold Medina stuff uh, (laughs) was some of their most genius work, I think, to date. I just love anytime you get Holt out of his comfort zone. And I love Dennis Haysbert, and I thought this was a perfect role for him. I just thought, top to bottom, this cast is probably one of the best on TV. And they write so well for everybody individually. I just think they're hysterical. It is one of the funniest shows on the telly at the moment. One of the funniest shows. Uh, the, the way they interact, the way they, they get together. Uh, it is very, very funny. Hello? The fact that no one's been at Rosa's oh. house was, was amazing. I love that she just destroys it because she has to move again now. Like, I'm not going to be here. Exactly. Oh, my God. It's so Rosa. I love that. I love when she's telling, like, the super to turn the power off. And she, and he's like, who? <laughs> and she explains it. She goes, oh, you mean so-and-so that's, you know, that is always, like, smiling and talkative or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> or the... The whole thing about, like, why is there lemons here? Because the room needed a pop of color. What are you, what are you talking about? Yeah, and Terry exactly. just keeps going, who are you? <laughs> where, <laughs> what is happening? Uh, I love that stuff with, with Rosa where you – because you never have really seen anything much of her, like, outside of uh, – right. And they give her some interesting – you know, they give her some interesting backstory that doesn't – you know, that doesn't quite fit with the way her character is now or – she definitely has like this total like cop persona, but when she's away, she's literally a completely different person. <laughs> you know? There was that little, there was that line where she goes, uh, uh, "My my friends know me as Emily Rothschild, but my work colleagues know me as uh, Rosa Diaz." And I think, it, and they all looked at her, "What?" <laughs> and, and, she's like, yeah. and she's like, "Yeah, it's not important." <laughs> yeah, it's not important. <laughs> but yeah, it and it had a normal season finale ending where. All of a sudden, I just love the whole idea that Captain Holt and uh, Jake, yeah, Jake, yes. our, our neighbors in in witness protection. I love that he comes out for the paper and and he's all like sleepy and tired, and his yard is not the best. And next door is like a perfectly green lawn. And <laughs> the captain's watering it. He's like, yeah, how you doing, Greg? How you doing, Larry? Well, that, that's the whole. I saw the episode title, and uh, I think, why is it called Greg and Larry? Yeah. And I watched the whole episode, and then I had to watch it again. It's only when I watched it the second time, and I saw, oh, morning, Greg, morning, Larry. And I thought, right. here's the episode title there. <laughs> it was the last two lines of the uh, the whole series. 
I really like that um, they kind of do this every season where you don't understand. They, they, they change the game. Like Jake went undercover one season and now these two are in witness protection. And I also love that this is a show when it comes back, it's not going to write them out of that right away. Like we, they never, they change the status quo at the end of every season and then still follow up on that when the new season begins. Yeah. The first episode or two is usually like getting them out of that, but the, yeah. But the the literal like six months or whatever time has passed, so in the story, when you, they do pick things up, they have been gone for like that long period of time, and so right. they deal with all of those things like what it's done to you know what this will have done to like Jake and Amy who are about to move in together, and then Jake has to go you know, right type exactly. of stuff, and so th- that'll be good. But the whole episode was funny. I loved Amy using like wanting to get out of the the fake pregnancy and then using it to get mm-hmm. on the plane and an upgrade. I, think it was, I really appreciated how they just were like, she's pregnant. Let's just make her fake pregnant on the show. That way we don't have to hide her giant baby belly. Well, it was Every, getting ridiculous. For the last few episodes, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was getting, she's hiding behind, sitting behind desks or she's hiding behind bars. Right, so all this holding folders, or right, you know, they right. always have something in front of her, uh, and then you're just like, "Wait, this is this is strange." And so, yeah, it worked to, that they wrote it in as a for her to use it as the fake pregnancy. I love how I love the whole thing of the that they're that she's spiraling, and then Charles is like, "Well, it's trying to not think about it's not working so let's let's just dive right into the let's spiral dive in. let's right. just exactly go. uh and you know five ice cream sundays later <laughs> they're landing huh. and they're oh, there's a bit where uh, gina and um what's his name bob 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 uh being escorted okay. by uh yeah. in the uh, the stray jackets and she goes <laughs> i'm serena williams <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> so good. he's trying to say he's an fbi agent and he's like look see yeah. they're both they're crazy they think they're <laughs> and as they're yeah she's like and as they let him go she she's yelling like call venus call right. venus <laughs> such a funny show and it still has one of the strongest like it's a storyline that is pretty much through the whole season it's you know or at least the past couple episodes have been about this whole thing they're not just a one-off episode every time so they're really good at writing themselves into and out of these situations i just it's easily one of my favorite shows on tv and i'm just so happy with the whole season in general well you know i was was telling you like about four to five four to five episodes weeks behind on most of my mm-hmm. shows this is the show that i'm not behind on right this is the one that i'm bang up to date i have i have the comedies for me that's what it is for me i'm i'm usually caught up on them because they're easy to get caught up on <laughs> and they're more of my favorites but then i can watch like you know i watched a whole season of kimmy schmidt but i'm 10 episodes behind on supergirl <laughs> yes. so i'm just saying but I mean, there's not much more to say about Brooklyn Nine-Nine except that it's awesome and we love it, and I hope it lives forever. Yeah. Well, in the time that you you watch Kimmy Schmidt, you couldn't have watched all twelve, 12 episodes. That's true. <laughs> it's true. Kimmy Schmidt's episodes are only thirty minutes long. You still would have needed a couple more hours of time to it's be able true. to do it. But I'd much rather get caught up on that than anything. So, the Brooklyn Nine-Nine, we all love it. We all can't wait for more, and I really do see it being another like long running staple for Fox. They've really found a great thing in it. And I hope it lasts, like I said, forever. Well, I hope it lasts until it needs to last and then ends gracefully. <laughs> it doesn't out 
Like, I hope it doesn't get to the point where it never outstays its welcome. Um, so that's, that's that. Limitless. I feel like everything should have an exclamation point when I'm talking about Limitless. <laughs> Limitless. Season one, episode 21, finale, part one. God, I want them to renew this show so badly. I know. I love this show. This has become one of my favorite shows over the course of the season that while I do tend to watch a lot of the comedies first, mm. you know, where you can just run through like the week of comedies off the DVR pretty quickly. Limitless is one of the shows that's first off the DVR, Yep. you know, when I get home from work and uh, it's, you know, it's fallen into that same, you know, there's certain, there's a handful of shows that, uh, you know, that I'm either watching right before sort of live, like right before I leave for work or, you know, as soon as I get home and Limitless has become, you know, one of those that uh, you get home and you pop up the, the DVR and you're like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. I'm watching Limitless first. Cause that's, <laughs> that's a fun episode. Usually a, a fun thing. And man, they sure, it looked like they were going like a couple weeks ago. It looked like they were going, you're like, really? They caught Sans? Cause it looked like they were doing this switch of from Mora to Sans becoming like the major sort of person they have to deal with or something. And then they sort of catch him, and then you realize partway through this episode that it's all been sort of maybe getting caught wasn't part of the plan, but it's helping them execute uh, the rest of their plan, which was to uproot uh, yeah, some of Mora's support network. Uh, and so, and then not basically them all. Yeah, not just uproot them, but then take them out completely. So, oh my God. Uh, it puts, you know, it puts Mora in uh, an interesting position, uh, given that it was, you know, his network that uh, that that they just got, uh, you know, wrapped up that was making the the NZT for him, uh, and you know, put Sands back out there, mm-hmm. and and he, but gets you know, sort of Brian back into the fold, even though you're not quite sure how much longer his immunity shot is is going to last, and yeah, and it doesn't look like necessarily that he, although you would think he might be able to still like go to Mora and go. You got any more of those? Because you need some help rooting Sands out. He's causing lots of uh, well, lots of problems. The previous episode when he went to Mora and you realized that Sands had gone rogue. Mm-hmm. Why didn't he just ask for the booster shot there? Yeah, now, look. I guess because then he couldn't have an episode where he has withdrawal symptoms, <laughs> and then because that's probably going to happen in the in the actual finale. But you're right; like he should have asked that because he knew if Sands was out on his own, then somebody needs to get him his injections. I mean, what about the nurse that was uh, supposed to be looking yeah. after his dad? I guess they, they forgot just... that plot line. Oh, they could have yes, accidentally conveniently forgot. That's the plot line that's been sort of annoying to me in this show family? is the family storyline family. Yeah, family, because yes. the I don't know the dad's sort of like all over the place or because we this last stretch of episodes we went from uh, the mom basically kicking him out because she finds out he's on some time type of drug but he can't really say like what it is or what uh, what the deal is at the time even though his father sort of knows what's what's going on he doesn't help out any and so they kick him out, and after him getting kicked out, he decides to go rogue and try and find Piper and disappears. And then the dad 
and the mom get mad at the FBI for losing track of their son and not being able to find him. And I'm just like, but you kicked him out. Yeah, exactly. You sent him on his way and told him he couldn't be around anymore. And then now because he took off, uh, you're blaming the FBI. And so this whole weird storyline has been... You know, and then like coming back in in like this episode with the the father saying, you know, maybe you just need to give up on on Piper and I don't know the that the family storyline side of stuff. It seems to I don't know. It doesn't always fit right. I don't know. There's something about it that doesn't quite work uh, all the time for me. The whole motives in that family it just seems strange. They want him off the drugs, but when they get him off the drugs and by this, well, they try and get him off the drugs and. And they, they give him an ultimatum, right? He vanishes. He comes straight back to him, and they l- start looking after him. But then they start having a go at him. What are you going to do with your life? What are you doing this for? Yeah. Right? And you just think, you're the one that got him off what it, when he had a purpose in his life. When he mm-hmm. when he was on, maybe he was on the drugs, but he was helping a lot of people. And you got him off that. Now he's got nowhere to go. You should have been helping him then. But... Oh, it's just and it's, even now, it, like the full story is sort of out there, you know. Like he's he's in the garage talking to like his brother and sister or whatever, and using names and talking about all right. this stuff. And so it seems like now the the full story is out there that they wouldn't be as I don't know as they are with all of this stuff that they would see that you know, what he was doing and was helping and that it wasn't really hurting him because he had the immunity shot. You know, that's what he's looking. I mean, that's not the only reason he's looking for Piper, but that's part of the reason he's looking for Piper. He's still addicted to the actual drug. He is, isn't he? Well, I, I don't know that he's, I think he's addicted to, like you said, he found a purpose. Like he finally... He's addicted to the adrenaline, the, the, the rush of solving the problems. To figuring and, things yeah. out, uh, to being part of the investigation. Yeah. Being part of a group, being helping people. Yeah, being part of something uh, that, you know, he you know risks going on, you know, the stuff that's being flooded out onto the streets to try and, and help out. And, and so, yeah, there's just, uh, I think that that's really what it is, is he, he found his purpose. Like when he got... When he finally shows up there at the end, he's like, "No, what you didn't have was me. Like you, yes. what you were missing was was me and my. And uh, even if I'm a giant pain in the butt, I, you know, I actually have been helping, and I I want to continue to help. And so, I'm not sure that it's necessarily like addicted to the smart drug itself necessarily, or I think it's addicted to what that brought him, actually giving him something to you know, look forward to like something yeah. that he was participating in as from his life before, where he was just sort of uh, milling about trying to be a musician. Trying to be a musician, smoking his, what was he? Uh, Sinbad. Yeah. Sinbad yeah. was he? Sinbad the bong. Sinbad, yes. Yeah. So he's, he, he didn't have a, as, as I says, he didn't have a purpose. He had a purpose now with the FBI. Right. I love those last five minutes where he shows up and he's like, and she's, I love that Rebecca's like, are you coming? And he looks at Naz like, am I? Am I, am I coming? <laughs> she's and like, get he, in the car. I, love I love that. I thought it was such a tense moment and he shows up with his diagram or whatever because he keeps building all these things. So I think it's hysterical. Um, I just, that, that five minutes of like action was 
even made me more excited about the show. And I have to say, like, the bad guy that was the leak or whatever that was the connection to Sans, like, I, I distrusted him from the beginning, but I didn't know that it would turn out to be that he was really, like, an insult. Like, I really didn't call that. I knew something was up with him, but I thought it would be Brian-related less than it was Sans-related. So that was... They did a good job, like hiding this guy being on NGT and all this stuff. Like, I thought they did a very good job with that. Yeah, I had the same feeling with that. I, you could tell straight away he wasn't a guy that you, you could really trust. But yeah. as you said, he went the other way and he was a, he was a, a plant for uh, Sands and uh, to get his way, uh, get rid of Mora's people. Yeah, well, they say right there at the beginning of the episode that, you know, Naz says, you know, he was you know, instrumental in the last time NZT was. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah. You know, being part of the, the drug task force or whatever it was that, uh, that he was part. And so you knew that sort of in the storyline that Mora had cleaned, had cleaned the stuff up and basically become the only, you know, like the one person that had, had control of it uh, for the most part. And that sort of little bit, I didn't necessarily attach him with Sans necessarily, but I attached him to, like you said, not being trustworthy <laughs> in this situation. Yeah. Like yeah. him finding out about all kinds of stuff. Not necessarily that you were ultimately going to find out that he was actually part of Sans's plan and was on NZT and helping to steer things, you know, in the direction that they wanted to take it, which was to take out Mora's network uh, and to actually, you know, solidify their little cabal. The bit where he walked into the uh, the prison cell with Sands and he just goes behind the guard and just twists his neck. That was a yeah. bit shocking. Well, I yeah. was thinking, uh, how, how would they go? They could have just could have knocked him on the head, but now they decided to break his neck, basically. Right, Although, exactly. Yeah, because yeah, now, because the, they went fully on, like, it's not even like they could figure it out but not prove it type of thing. It was basically like this guy was giving up his... <laughs> his job within the FBI or whatever to now be part of, uh, you know, Sansa's cabal, you know, and not be, no longer be an inside man or even, cause it seemed like you could set it up in such a way that, you know, Naz and the group might think that you were part of the problem, mm-hmm. but they can't prove it. They don't have any evidence yeah. or whatever, you know? And so maybe he's a person that they distrust that's still inside, but yeah, they went full on, like he's just out now <laughs> and he's with Sans. And now they, you know, they fully know it because he would be like totally on surveillance cameras and stuff like that. You would think <laughs> getting into the jail and and taking Sands out, you would think that uh, it would definitely be known that it was him then. So I'm really looking forward to this week's like, you know, finale finale, the mm-hmm. second part. Uh, and uh, I think like you were going to say, Amory, I really, really hope this show. And then, yeah. then in a few weeks here, we hear from uh, from CBS that this is one that's uh, getting another season. Do they, do they do that with the, the new shows on a regular basis? And, you know, not announce whether they're going to get a second season straight away. Um, I'm, it it de- varies. Yeah, it depends on the network. Some Some wait until overall. I mean, I get it because right now CBS is in the process of going through all their new pilots. And so... If they come across a show that they really think is going to be uh, really good or has, or they think has more potential than, say, like Code Black, then maybe they mm-hmm. drop Code Black and pick up that. 
or they drop Limitless and they pick up that. And so that's where they're in, but it just seems like Limitless and Supergirl, and to a slightly lesser extent, Code Black, all did well enough that you would think they would have... It's interesting, because Life in Pieces... Life in Pieces was the number one comedy, new comedy this season, and it's not picked up yet. So maybe they are specifically waiting for their... Because it varies by season, but I think they are specifically waiting to make announcements on all of their new shows until they can do it at one time. Yeah, pretty much the only new show that they've announced anything is the one they canceled. (laughs) Yeah, which was unfair, and I hate him for that because I loved that show because I love Kyle. But yeah, so we'll see what happens in the next couple weeks. Which show... Angel from Hell was canceled, and that was devastating. Oh to me yes, I loved it. Yes, that was uh, Kyle Bornheimer. The love of my life. So yes, Kyle. He she wasn't talking about you. She was no. talking about Kyle Bornheimer. Kyle Bornheimer is the love of my life, <laughs> and he's a show killer, and he'll never succeed. But I want him to. Uh, now Kyle will be listening to this episode, going, "Oh man." <laughs> yes, I'm sure he's devastated. <laughs> so moving on to our final show in prime time. The Night Manager, Season 1, Episode 1, Episode 1, Series Premiere. They are creative over there <laughs> on their show titles. I as I was watching um, that I think I finally get Tom Hiddleston. Like, I was not, I'm, I've never seen an Avengers movie. I've never really seen anything with him in it. I've seen Jaguar commercials um, with him and Nicole, but that's about <laughs> it. Um, but after The Night Manager, I totally understand why people are in love with him, and I might be a little bit in love with him, but I also have no idea what the show ha- what happens. Like, I don't, I like the show, I think, but I don't really understand it. Like, is he, is he an MI6, or is he just happen to be a Night Manager who stumbles upon all these things? I don't really know. Okay, it's a second thing. It's a second thing. <laughs> I think he's a Night Manager, and he stumbles into... The first one, but I think that... Purposely goes after the second. Yeah, I think that even though he says he wants to be out of it, I think he may have purposely set himself in a place that he knew or that that he found out that that Roper showed up to on a year... Because they say that in the episode, he used to show up here yearly, uh, and he's finally showed back up. And so I think it's, uh, you know, he's been there for two and a half years, maybe in the hopes of you know, running into him again and then ends up, you know, in the middle of things uh, again. Cause yeah, at first I wasn't sure you were like, is he, is he like undercover and like his cover in this country is the night manager at this hotel. That's what I, cause then he goes to uh, yeah. Russell Toby and Russell Toby's like their best friends. And I don't know. <laughs> so you have, you have that, but then the meeting at the end with the, with Broadchurch. Yeah, with the with Ellie. Olivia 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 Cole. Yeah. Whatever her character name was. But yeah, she in that meeting you find out that he just he that he's not, you know, officially an agent or whatever, but he's right. now going to try and help because he thinks that, you know, you can't let this uh, type of stuff go. And you know, they bring in his soldier background and things that he's seen as to why he would stick his neck out uh, in these type of situations, even though he says, yeah. here, do what you want, keep me out of it. He's totally in if it. If you really wanted to be in it, you probably wouldn't have done it in the first place. But I sort of felt that he probably positioned himself there in hopes of running into that person again uh, because, you know, of the... Because the girl uh, he met and yeah. fell in love with in a day died. But I think I really, I really enjoyed the the first episode i mean it 
the the cast is superb. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's shot really cast. well. You know, everything everything about it is is really interesting. And it being only six episodes, yeah, I'm definitely going to watch the rest of it. I might wait until the and rest of the episodes together. air and watch it mm-hmm. watch it all in a row and uh, instead of watching it weekly. But uh, I'm definitely going to finish this one. Well, I think that Tom Hiddleston does a lot with his face. He's a really good, like, emotional face reactor. I don't know how to really explain it other than that. But I just really like what he would like little moments where the phone rings and he knows it's that girl and he smiles a little bit. And then he realizes it's not for good reasons. And just little things make me want to see more. Plus, I, I'm interested to see Hugh Laurie because I my most recent interaction with Hugh Laurie has been Veep. And now he's going to be a bad guy with a different accent, which I thought was interesting, because this isn't his regular British accent. It's a more, I don't know how to explain it, but it's different. No, this is, and, this is, no, this is his accent. He's British in this show. Yeah, but is it just sounds different than I've heard him talk when he is British, if that makes sense. Like, it seemed like a different dialect. But at any rate, um the cast is really good, and I really, really, really love Olivia Coleman so much from Broadchurch. So I hope that we get to see her do um, uh, a bunch more as the next she's, five episodes there. She's over in Britain. She's like called uh, Dave Judy Dent. She's understood it. Really? That <laughs> yeah. she's that good. She's huh. and she's, she's in so many things. Yeah, I mean, she can do comedy. She can do drama. Uh, I mean, if Tom Hollander, who plays. Uh, Hugh Laurie's um, right-hand man. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrote a show called Rev, and uh, Olivia Coleman played his wife in that. Uh, that ran for three years, and she could do in comedy. That's why she could do comedy in that. Uh, that's why people can see her in so many roles, and she plays mm. it so well. She's one of the best actresses on British TV at the moment. Um, Hugh Laurie over here is known basically for Blackadder. Oh, right? sure. And, but he's because the house running, uh, right, he's sort of widened his range. And there's a lot of people now looking at this show. But th- this episode, this first episode, going back to this now, uh, mm-hmm. this first episode, it was it, it was a bit of a slow burn. And I've seen the other first five episodes now. I've still got the finale to watch. And mm-hmm. it's it's beautifully filmed. Uh, the Some of the dialogue, right, it's kept to a minimum because they want to show the scenery, right, uh, the and I think, the, as you said, the cast is, is huge. And they're really, really good actors. Uh, uh, Hank Henshaw, what's his name? Um, the actor who plays Hank Henshaw. He's in the next four episodes playing mm-hmm. an MI5 agent. So, and he's brilliant as well. So the uh, <coughs> night manager is, I reckon, a very, very, is, a, is a really good show. Uh, it's just a bit of a slow burn. Uh, there's... Just stick with it, like the ones who, if you if you if you're not really sure after this first episode, but you've got to stick with it and be able to see how everything works out. Yeah, I think it was about halfway through where I was like, okay, this is taking a while. But then the four-year jump, I was like, wait, what happened? How did I miss the four-year jump? Were they going to explain it? And then they don't really explain it, which I thought was interesting. Um, so it it was enough that even though it you know there was a lot of establishing shots and a lot of shots of the snow in Sweden, which is beautiful. I was like, okay, get to something, but I'm I'm definitely on board to see, you know, what does happen because it does look like from previews that it gets a little more exciting, he gets a little more involved, we get a little more 
story. So I'm I'm definitely intrigued by that. Yes, I, I mean, as I said, I've already seen the next few episodes. And I, I reckon it it's it is a good show. It is slow, but it is a good show. But stick with it, and you will enjoy it. So that's the night manager. I don't know that there's much more to say about it. Then we're all going to watch more, and you're going to watch your finale. And I'm jealous that you are so far ahead, Um, because I think it premiered in February there, right? And then was in April here. Yeah. So we're just a little behind. It's like Shit's Creek in Canada aired, and now it's not airing anymore in Canada, but it's airing here. So that is prime time for the week. Uh, Just a couple things on reality shows this week. well, I have two weeks to comment about Survivor because last week, two I guess like the last time I was on, I was talking about how I didn't dislike anybody really. And then um, this past week or two weeks ago, these guys became super aggro and started stealing stuff and dumping water on the fire and um, just becoming real jerks, these Jason and Scott characters. And I just didn't, all of a sudden I hate them. Like They came out of nowhere as villains and, I'm just, and they were like annoying to the point where I had to fast them forward through the episode because I was just sick of them. So it was very nice to see in the last week that one of them was blindsided after saying, talking about how confident he was. Um, it was nice to see the guy get kicked off so that we only have one of them to deal with and hopefully he'll go quickly too. Um, so I'm still enjoying the season and I think I'll enjoy it more now that they're not there to wreak as much havoc or he's not there, Scott. So that's Survivor. Um, Project Runway, I really think Sam needed to be gone seven weeks ago, but he's still there, and now he's in the top five. Um, I think he just drapes clothes, and he doesn't actually sew anything, and he doesn't actually design anything. And the whole point of being a designer is sewing and designing things. Um, So he should go. And The Amazing Race, I actually was... For a season that I didn't think I was going to watch, and I mentioned this um, because I didn't care about any of these, like I didn't know these people, like these social media people. I know Tyler Oakley, that's it. I actually thought to myself last night that I don't dislike any team and I'm not actively rooting against any team. And they're in the top five situation themselves right now. And I don't care if any, like any of them could win and it would seem fair. No one has like over like nobody has dominated the game nobody has um been even rude to each other like they are because they knew each other a lot of these people beforehand through social media and through their like vine or whatever they actually are all friends and so at this point anybody who wins would be totally deserving nobody's there just because of luck so i actually found myself rooting for everyone and i won't be disappointed with anything um so that's reality for the week Amory, could I ask you something? You know, yeah. you watch the reality shows and you watch scripted shows. Mm-hmm. What takes preference? It depends. Survivor takes preference sometimes because I, I've enjoyed every I've enjoyed it for so long, and it's not a reality show. Like I don't watch reality shows like the Kardashians. I'll watch these comp- you know competitive reality shows. Normally, scripted will take precedence, but if it's a Wednesday where ABC comedies aren't on. Um, I might watch Survivor first before I have some other things to catch up on. Um, the Amazing Race always take like I don't watch that until the weekend. Project Runways Thursday nights I don't watch that until the weekend. Um, but Survivor, if I if if I was going to put a scripted show under a reality show, that's probably the only thing that I would watch first. Just and that's also so I don't get spoiled on it. Um, the Amazing Race Project Runway I don't care about getting spoiled on, but because there's so many blindsides and stuff in Survivor. I don't want to hear about it first. I actually like the tension and watching it. So um, that's that goes into sometimes that being put first above a uh, scripted show. 
it must be difficult with all the uh, Twitter and Facebook. Somebody just tells you straight away what's happened in the show. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, and being like, I've, I spent a lot of time in California, so watching TV out there is horrible. Like, anytime, you, like, I can't watch anything. <laughs> I can't touch social media when I'm on the West Coast because everything is spoiled everywhere because people just don't care. They're like, it, it aired here already, so I'm fine. Yes. So you, you have double the workload compared to me and Jason, because we're, we're watch, probably only watching scripted shows. You're watching scripted and reality. Yeah, just a handful of reality, which I, if I was watching all, if I was watching The Housewives and stuff like that, I mean, I would never sleep. Yeah. <laughs> well, my daughters, all they seem to watch is uh, these reality shows on the telly. Oh, my sister does it all the time. <sighs> forever walking into the room going, what are you watching? Oh. It's uh, how to dress a bride or whatever. Yeah, right. you, you were watching that yesterday. Yeah, but I want to watch it again. Okay, and then you walk in, follow it. It's Kardashians. Oh, what are you watching that for? Well, I want to watch it, Dad. Okay, when are you yeah. watch this? I don't want to watch that, Dad. I want to watch. I say that this. this is the conversation I have with my sister all the time because her best friend reads my site and actually we and we engage about TV a lot. But my sister, like the only scripted show she watches, interestingly enough, for like Game of Thrones and Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, um, everything else she doesn't watch, and she watches all of the Housewives, everything on Bravo, you name it, and so she never has anything to talk about with me about TV. I'm like, thanks, thanks, Mary. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so I understand the family member watching something else. Yeah, it was like uh, my friend at work, who were standing across a conveyor belt from each other, and very seldom ever have a TV show to talk about. Like we actually <laughs> both watch because yeah. she's watching, you know, like Dog Whisperer, and you know, yep. maybe the stuff on. Like, the only scripted stuff she may be watching is a lot of the British shows that are airing on, like, PBS or... But other <laughs> right. than that, it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of uh, things that are on, you know, uh, you know, Animal Planet or some... Yeah, some it's and I'm, parolees. That's what know. my brother watches. And so, yeah, we may both watch some TV, like, during the week, but there will be, like, one show or something like that <laughs> at any given time that we might actually both be watching. Yeah, I don't know. The, even for me... While in the the gamut of reality stuff, the game type stuff is the is the things that would more interest me, mm-hmm. uh, probably than you know, obviously than watching you know the Housewives or the Kardashians or yeah, for sure, or, or any, any yeah. of that stuff. But for me, really, the only the only sort of non scripted you know type of stuff that I watch is uh, like Food Network. <laughs> yeah, like like chopped uh, or diners, drive-ins and dives, or oh my god, I avoid diners, drive-ins and dives like the plague. Guy <laughs> yeah, Fieri is my nemesis. He's taken over for Gabriel. Yeah, every so other many year. nemesis. I have yeah. so many, and none of these so people many. know. Um, so uh, the, the only one I watch is a uh, comic book man. Okay, that's uh, the Kevin Smith one. Yeah, that's because uh, it's got all them. Uh, the the geek stuff and all that stuff and that's the only only reality show that I watch. The rest is all scripted. Terrible. There's just so much. So Too TV much. recommendations. I've come up with one as we've been talking and I've already mentioned it twice. And that is um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Season two is so good. I really think everybody. And Mikey is a great addition. I think um, Tina Fey has been fantastic, and it's incredible. And everybody should watch it. All right. My recommendation is. I mean, it's kind of a, it's kind of a recommendation. If you like cheesy '80s uh, action shows, which are the things I grew up on, mm-hmm. I wasn't sure what to recommend. And so, if 
anytime I haven't come across something in the week or whatever that I've watched or something that's coming up to recommend, I always go back to, okay, well, let's see what's coming out on DVD. And coming out on May 3rd on uh, Blu-ray and DVD is the complete series of Airwolf. And while <laughs> may not actually recommend getting the DVDs themselves, all the episodes are available on Hulu or Netflix. So if you have either of those, you could go watch them. But if you if you like sort of, you know, the A-team and stuff like that, I just, I remember it fondly. I'm sure it would come across now as sort of cheesy and not quite as remarkable as me mm-hmm. as like a 12-year-old thought it was, you know, watching it. But come on, they had a secret government helicopter that had all kinds of special abilities that they had stolen so that the uh, government couldn't use it for ill. And they used it to, uh, you know, fly around and, and help people out, you know, like a la A-Team, you know, people that were in trouble. They had Ernie Sporgnoin as a crack air helicopter pilot. Yeah, yeah. Is it Jan Michael Vincent and, uh, and Ernest Borgnine as as the... Uh, the best of the best. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and... Uh, I don't know it, if you uh, remember those things. It just, uh, just I just saw it and I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." And then I went and looked and I was like, "Oh, it's actually available on Netflix and Hulu." So that would be my recommended way to uh, you know check out some episodes if you've never watched. Uh, but if you're a fan of those shows that grew up in the '80s watching TV like I did, they're out there on Netflix and uh, and Hulu for you to for you to watch. Excellent. And Suki, what's your recommendation? Right, mine is a book. I had to ask permission to find out if it was okay to uh, advertise this. But what, what it is, it's a charity book that um, mm-hmm. uh, edited by J.R. Southall. It's called You and Who Else. Right? And it's just like a series of books that he's done in the past where people have written about television shows that they've have got fond memories of over the years. This is all British telefantasy science fiction. Uh, the proceeds for this go to the Terence Higgins Trust. Uh the content, it's a it's a massive tome of a book, seven hundred ninety pages. Wow! Right? And there's some of like four hundred uh, essays in there, or three hundred essays, three hundred or four hundred essays in here. It's uh, covering stuff from the the nineteen fifties all the way up to two thousand and tens, which is like Jonathan Strange and Mister Norrell. Um, wow. I've got an essay in here which was on Tomorrow People, which uh, not. The remake that was just shown right, I was uh, say. last year. Right, this is the original <laughs> one from the 1970s. Right, the sure. ITV show, uh, and it's just my fond memories of growing up with it. Uh, what I uh, what I remember of it. It's, the the essays are not reviews. They're just uh, how people uh, used to live and uh, remember these shows or what these shows reminded them them of as they were right. growing up. I mean, there's. Loads of stuff in here, that, but they're all British-based telefantasy, science fiction, horror shows. So that's, that's awesome. my that recommendation. Really cool. uh, it's twenty pound in in the UK off Amazon. Oh, that's not bad and it's either. Thirty dollars on UK uh, Amazon.com. So that's, well, uh, that's my recommendation. We'll all the links to the recommendations and where you can find that and the news stories we talked about, where you can find us online um, in the show notes of tvtimes3.com slash 320. Thank you so much for being on the show with us. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you very much. I've really enjoyed it. Right. It was great. It's always uh, fun to talk to like new people about TV and kind of hear what everybody's thinking. So we welcome that and we thank you. 
Well, thank you. Uh, as I says, I've been listening to your show for a while now. Uh, well, at least two or three years, and I've I've got in touch with a couple of times, and uh, and I thought the, when you gave uh, the chance to get on the show, and I thought I've got to take it, otherwise I'm just yeah. going to sit on the phone. I'm going to be shouting at the uh, the my uh, MP3 player all the while. Going, no, no, that's wrong. This is right. It's <laughs> not the correct opinion. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> or whenever you say. I'll be able to go prime time, right? Yeah, exactly. Because I've always wanted to say that, right? And I've got my chance to say it. And I hope you there keep you it go. in, guys. Yes, right. you will. You absolutely right. will. Well, uh, <laughs> once again, thank, is, thanks uh, again. Next week, Jason's joined by Ray and Kyle, so we'll catch that when it comes out, and Jason will have this out soon, and we'll share it all over social media. Yeah, right. thank you, Suki, for joining us. It was uh, fun talking <laughs> some TV again. All right, bye. Thank you. Very much. Bye. Thank bye. You. Bye. Bye. We are officially recording, so Amory will start off and go through the uh, introduction. She'll introduce herself, I'll introduce myself, and say joining us this week. And then, uh, Suki, you can introduce yourself, and then we'll just head on down through the outline. Cool. Cool. All right. Here we go. All right. So anytime you're ready, Amory. (laughs) (laughs) It's like you waited for me to say that. You know, sometimes I have to play the role of Ray and uh, just yeah. jump in on the That's beginning. Um, okay, well, I've not watched any shows at all. Yes, that's right. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, nicely done. Oh, and, <laughs> Jesus. Hello, and welcome to TV Time 3, Episode 320.